All right, everybody. New episode. As always, as I told you before, I'm going to have on people I find interesting, that I like, that I know you're going to like, and that continues tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, the boss of comedy, Mr. Joe Moffat. What's good? What's good? How you doing there, Chief? I'm doing pretty good, but I don't know, man. See, I have to I have to discuss this whole boss of comedy thing here, man. I did not get to vote in this. Although I do I do agree that you you're a worthy contender for the title. <laughs> well, I mean, it's 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 easy to compete to, for a title you create. Well, that is true. That is true. That's that's very very good because in that particular in that particular case, uh, the judges have the, the game is rigged. But the most important Pretty thing young. is you won, and that's what's important. <laughs> yeah, that that that's usually how it work out in these things. Like I said, when you when you kind of work, I'm I'm I, I look at everything and I see trends and everything. And when you look around, you see kings and queens and. Everybody want to be the top dog, and I'm like, no, I, I'm, I prefer grinding it out, and and you know, and and putting in the work, and if that's what we got to do, then then so be it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Let me know where, where are you actually where are you doing the primary primarily doing most of your stand up. Yeah, wherever there's a stage, I, I've basically over the last year. I mean, I have really been nowhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But mostly it's been in Oklahoma, you know, some in Texas. I have reached out to um, Arkansas. Uh, shout out to uh, Nate out there with Nuthouse uh, mm-hmm. Comedy Comedy Lounge. You got a real nice room out there. And then I did a couple of private shows for some people out in Vegas. And then did another show uh, at uh, a college in Mesquite, Nevada with T.C. Morgan. Mm-hmm. Um, another comedian out there in Vegas that does some shows in that area. It's really weird because I, I, I primarily have been on both coasts, you know, the East Coast and the West Coast is where I've done most of my stuff. And I've mm-hmm. I've traveled through the some of the state. I've, obviously, I've been to Vegas, but I've traveled through some of the places. And I, it was always I was always curious about it because I know that when we tell I, uh, they, we call them on the East Coast, we call them hell gigs, where you know, <laughs> you know. Those shows where everything goes wrong and no matter how good you are, how skilled you are, it's not going to happen, <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah. <laughs> and I know I know you have got to have done because it's, it's just like anything else. Everybody that does stand up, we I've never we've never physically met. It'll happen at some point. We've never physically met. Obviously, we know each other online, but I guarantee you there's things that you've gone through in the middle of the country that I've gone through on the East and West coast. Cause I've got hell gig stories and I know you have got to have one. I know there's one gig where you're like, sweet God, I got to tell this story to everybody I meet. I know it. I know it. I know it. I want to hear it. Damn it. Oh, hell you making me dig into the, to the, to the, 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 the batch because there was one, uh, <laughs> Shit. I don't know if I want to tell this one. No, this was um, this was in Vegas actually. I'll tell this one because uh, nine times out of ten, most of the people that that was at that show probably ain't gonna remember me anyway. But uh, it was it, I got booked on on this online app out there, and this, this young lady she had actually seen my material in Oklahoma, looking at my videos and stuff, 
and she won't she was on me to come to Vegas and mm. perform and she hadn't realized that I was actually already in the area. So we linked up and, you know, she was having a private party at her house, which this was the first time I'd ever done something privately like that. You know, most everything I'd done was either club shows or, you know, something in, in an event sense. That's not necessarily at someone's home. But this was supposed to be like a, a birthday party, I think, for her grandmother. And it was a real classy affair. And, you know, or so I thought. <laughs> Dude, I get there. You know, everybody dressed to the nines, everything cool as hell, but we all know when 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 it's it's all dressed up, it may not still be the same because this whole situation was crazy as hell. You know, and when and you know how, how comedy goes, you know, I, I made the mistake of not bringing somebody to kind of work warm up the crowd for me. <laughs> and the problem was that they had a relative there who decided to warm up the crowd well before I arrived. Mm. And the way he was warming up the crowd was basically talking shit on his entire family that was sitting in the crowd of this, you know, they had a bunch of tables set up. They had, you know, they had caterers and, mm. you know, it, it was so fancy. I guess none of them drank beer because they didn't have beer nowhere. And I was mad because I told my wife, I was like, man, we need to stop and get a beer. My wife's like, no, it's all catering and everything. They ought to have beer. No, these Negroes didn't drink beer. So I thought that was weird as hell, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so uh, they had most of the Hennessy and liquor and everything. And then I can tell because this motherfucker was on stage and he was acting a plum nut. I mean, he was, he was clowning everybody. Everybody was a bitch. Everybody was a hoe. It was nuts, my dude. <laughs> this went on, this went on for about 20 minutes because they wanted to feed me and then let me get comfortable and everything. And I was kind of hoping that they'd be like, you know, playing music, chilling or eating as well. You know, and this motherfucker was just, just killing it. By the time I got on, by the time I tried to get on stage, the girl that hired me, she pulled me to the side. She was like, okay, I'm going to try to get him off stage. I said, well, well, well y'all have already been trying that for 10 minutes. Let me go up there and, and, and kind of, kind of push him off if you will and I, and I and i had to do just that but before i went up there she was like i was like oh, i'm gonna have fun with this she was like no 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 no, you can't talk about him he gonna be mad i'm like as drunk as his ass is he gonna be fast out in five minutes what you talking about he gonna be mad y'all can tell him about this tomorrow i'm gonna be at the crib with my check i don't care Ooh. but out of the, the the sweetness of of what he could have possibly been you know that one of them types you know what i'm saying you know i i didn't want to be a part of no ike turner site type scenarios and shit and have my name involved you know saying joe talk shit about this girl's boyfriend and he whooped the ass i didn't want to be that <laughs> yeah, exactly that. you know so i just i kind of went up there and tried to to strain this this turd out as hard as i could you know, in, in these folks' backyard for all of, like, what was supposed to be an hour set for, like, ten people. Eight of them was drunk. Two of them was ready to fight the dude that had just left. So then they certainly didn't want to hear nothing from my black ass. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was it was just a virtual nightmare. I, I, I My first Vegas experience was not a good one. and, and I, But I made sure at the next time I made sure that, you know, I had somebody else kind of take that 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 run of it and then let me come in there and, and then clean up if you will you know because that following his ass was like i mean i'm for real it was like literally walking in after a dump truck and trying to be funny that shit did not work that is one of the worst things in the world is to go on 
to do a gig, you know, outside in somebody's yard, you know. <laughs> I got, I tell you, I got close tonight. If it wasn't for the location of the second one, I wouldn't have took it. And, it was, and well, it was, I mean, it was during the pandemic and everything. And I really wasn't trying to do much as it was. Mm-hmm. But when little stuff was coming in, it would catch my eye and I'd run to it. And this one was at the MGM Grand. And it was nuts, you know what I'm saying? Because mm. it was supposed to be a pimps and hoes ball, which, you know, that, yeah, you know <laughs> which you know how that go, you know. It, it, I mean, it, it was so fun. When I tell you it went crazy, just on the fact of, you know, the location alone, it, but it went over with without a hitch, you know. Do you, uh, you know, it was, it was built for that, you know. They had hookers in there and everything else. It was a black. Uh, I just want to let everybody know uh, from, the, from the audience that uh, um, uh, to hell with Joe, I don't know what he's talking about. Um, I only do. I only go to church services, and uh, <laughs> he's lying. Um, I, if you had told me you done went to east, east to west, I know good and hell well you done done a casino show or two, and you done seen a hooker or three. So don't even play with me. Once again, I have no idea what he's talking about. I don't know what a hooker is. Um, uh-huh. I've never been fishing, and. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I've seen you know. I've seen so much stuff. It was really weird because I don't drink and I don't smoke, right? But I've seen the kind of drugs that, like when you go do shows, I've seen the kind of drugs that you see in movies. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm uh, you know, especially because I lived in Los Angeles. I've lived in San Francisco. I've lived in New York. I've lived in Philadelphia. So these are the places I've lived. Obviously, I've traveled to infinitely more places. But some of the stuff that you're seeing, we we had a club owner. I can't and I can't even come close to saying where the location was. I'm not even going to hint on which coast it was. Just say it was in America somewhere, okay? <laughs> and uh, dude is like, "Hey man, great show, bro. All right, here's your money." I'm like, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, man. You know what? Oh, I'm sorry, that's not your money because I was I was like, hey, "This ain't my money," you know? Like, hey, hey, you know? Because he gave me the the opening acts money. I was like, "Hey, hey, uh, this ain't what we agreed on." Oh, I'm sorry, I'll get you money. He goes back up to he goes up the steps to his office, and he's up there for a long time, and he comes back down talking really fast and rubbing his teeth, and. Uh, <laughs> He still got powder on his nose. I'm going, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Yeah. Hey, I say- ain't came across many characters like that. <laughs> yet, I'm never looking pl- forward to it. I, I'd be lying if I didn't say I'm not ready to ready to come across some of those those deviants, if you will. Uh, You will. There's, there's a 0% chance you won't. I'm telling you right now. It's like, you know, I never went back to the place. I'm sitting there going, oh, God, this guy's nuts. This place is, it says, let me get my, my damn joke money out of here before this place gets blown up, raided. You know, <laughs> you know. Well, huh, well, no, huh, well, well, no, I did have one pop off at me one time. Mm-hmm. And and I had to let him have it one day on, on Facebook because we, I, I, I drove all the way from where I was living at. And this was like a good hour drive to Tulsa. Uh, good hour and a half drive to go to the show for for no pay. It was a uh, a bringer show. You know how those uh, go. You know what I'm saying. And 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 so that's already you know stupid enough. And for for those that don't know, and and outside of the comedy world, I, that a bringer show is when the promoter lets you come in and do comedy and let you do a quick five minutes. But they expect for you to bring in people. Those people would get in for free, but they expect to sell them drinks and food and probably make forty fifty dollars off of them. So mm-hmm. that that's kind of how. And, and me coming in from out of town, you know, it's, it's it was already a disadvantage for me 
to do or bring a show, but someone told me, you know, to come out. A friend of mine was like, you know, I'll help you get exposure. And then I didn't have a problem with that. And so as soon as I hit the club one night, he come running up on me. Say, man, say, man, you selling tickets tonight? You selling tickets tonight? What you talking about, bro? He was like, you selling tickets tonight? I'm like, Oh, uh, if I ain't making no damn money tonight, I ain't selling no damn tickets tonight. What is you talking about? You know, he he just 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 went in on me. I, I mean, I only met, I, I not even hardly seen this man before, if maybe once or twice. And mm-hmm. you come talking to me about finance on a free show. Come on now, you know. Uh, uh, <laughs> just, uh, you, 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 give me, you give me flashbacks, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was a, a, a he was a special little individual. I, I didn't really know how to come across that in, in a nice manner. I was just you know trying not to cuss him out. My wife kind of grabbed my arm and she was like, "No, <laughs> you 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 in the guest in somebody's house? Don't don't you can't break him just yet." I was like, "Okay, I'll be good." Can I throw him? <laughs> I know because it was a lot of wind. He had like about five or six uh, uh, glass windows in the front of the place. He could have got tossed out. <laughs> But, but aren't the clubs, I mean, because it, it, uh, uh, where I'm from originally, everything, I mean, there's more people, but everything is just kind of crushed on top of each other. You know, the East Coast, everything is just kind of squashed together. I figure in Oklahoma and, and, and that it, it, the, the clubs have got to be really spaced out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They, they have. They, there's not. There's maybe one or two that mm-hmm. I can think of that actually were like. Like I would say, kind of like smushed together, mm-hmm. but most of the actual like comedy clubs, they're they're usually spaced out. It's usually the nightclubs that that, that are usually kind of spaced together, you know, because of seating and the way that the, you know most of the the dance floor is gonna be where your seating is. That's gonna be it, you know, in the clubs, if you will. Yeah, it's just it's just a weird thing because the few times I was out there, I was in Texas, and I'm going, you know, I knew this was a big state. <laughs> you know, I'm like, what the hell is this? You know, it's like you just keep going. I'm going, and I, and here's the and the funny part was about it was I was going across the widest part of Texas. I'm going, Jesus Christ, man! <laughs> it's like you know because you can't like in New York, you can go, you can literally hit club, 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 club. You can hit, you know, where I'm from. You can have like a down, well, my original hometown in Philadelphia. There, there was a couple. The, the two, the two top clubs were one Michael Vick football pass apart. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, and they were both sold out on a regular basis. So, I mean, they were literally you could walk to the corner and physically see the other one. And then when, I, as I go to the middle of the country, people go, people couldn't get for, you couldn't do two sets in the same night at two different comedy clubs because they were an hour apart. Or an hour and a half apart, right? So what's what's the what's the uh, open mic situation out there though? Oh, it's live. I mean, the, the comedy scene in Oklahoma is, is is opened up, been huge. I'd say at least over the last four years. Um, a lot of it had to do with with a lot of not really you know big name comedians coming out of here, but a lot of the people that have been here like. Uh, Lenny Van Horn is one guy I can think of a particular that, you know, is really kind of, you know, kind of pushed throughout most of the state. And another name, uh, Lavelle Harris, uh, Billy Bell, uh, he passed away last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, 
So, but before he he passed, he was I mean he was hitting he was doing cruises. He had he was hitting all over the state. You know he was doing he did some sets in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, I think was one of the things was called Chocolate Sundays at a club yeah, out there. Yeah, the comedy store. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean he he was really pushing it, and when when he would do shows, he would bring as many of us as he could. Um, me in particular, and a few others, you know, that I'm working with right now that, you know, we still trying to keep pushing, you know, because, you know, he really, he paid the really, really, really good foundation for comedy in the state, especially for, for, for black folks in general, you know, to, to give that representation, not just in the, the public comedy clubs, you know, the, the, the corporate names like Looney Bin and things like that, but just, you know, in the nightclub sets too. It's always good when you have somebody from your area, you know what I mean, that you know personally, that just kind of you know cuts a nice path. You know what I mean? Because it becomes real. Because the thing is, you you have your dream and you know what you want to do. You know what you want to you know you accomplish. But when it's somebody you know or kind of know or a friend or or an acquaintance and somebody you can talk to, and you watch them start to get something going, it makes that crap infinitely more real to you. Right, because you see somebody on yeah. TV, they're already there. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know that guy. Who the hell's that? That guy's already got two HBO specials. I don't know who the hell he knows, but this guy, <laughs> you know, I know this dude, you know, and I watched him do it. It's like, damn, it's real. Well, like I mean, you know, one of the within like the first three months I, I met Bill, he put on a, a big show in Tulsa, and it was actually. uh there was a lot of uh, big names that that were there. Now I'm I'm a little high right now, so you got to see. But AJ uh, AJ Johnson from Friday was a headliner, mm-hmm. uh, and so he was, you know, just just things like that that we were doing. You know what I'm saying? And and got to hang out and and chill and and kick it with some of these characters and stuff. And it was it was real. It was really you know awesome. Just in in that that little time to be sitting backstage watching these people doing what they do, watching the crowd enjoy themselves. You know, he, it wasn't just the stage exposure. It was the comedy exposure and, and the exposure of, of the experience of, of what could come if you keep pushing and keep grinding. I mean, and, and I mean, he was an asshole. Don't get me wrong. He wouldn't even say my name right on stage. You know, he was like, you got to earn to get your name said right. And, you know, some people would even be pissed off for me about that. And I'd be like, mm-hmm. no, that's, you know, if you feel that's like a, a stepping stone to greatness, you know, in his realm, I'm going to run it. And I'm I'm kind of glad he did it because, I mean, hell, it, it's way more than him knowing my name right now. That's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. You, <laughs> it's, like when, <laughs> it's like when the famous people and the big names come to town, especially if you're a fan of theirs and then you meet them. You know, it's like there's a part of me. I'm like, okay, what am I going to meet here? Is this person going to be a piece of crap, or <laughs> or is this person yeah. going to be cool? And um, fortunately, I've only met two pieces of crap in the whole situation. Because everybody, for the most part, they've all been pretty cool when you when I met them. You know, Dice Clay was cool, Tim Allen was cool, Emo was cool, Bobcat Goldthwait was cool. They were, you know, they were all cool people. There was a couple that were, you know, they, you know, I would describe them in the way that you described the person you just talked about, but I would use harsher language 
and uh, <laughs> but but what I what I I'm not going to say their names, but uh, <laughs> but I was like, I'm literally it's like you, you ever see I'm literally my I'm, my fist is balling up like when I'm standing next to the guy. And I'm going, this guy's like two words away, two more words, bro, two more words, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And I'm going to knock your ass over the cross. I'm going to knock your ass right over that bar. I'm like, nope, can't beat up the celebrity. Can't beat up the celebrity. <laughs> so, you know, so I walked yeah, out of the room. In some cases, they don't want you to be funny as a celebrity. You certainly can't whoop his ass. That wouldn't be cute, you know? Yeah, well, well the thing was, this celebrity uh, walked up to me, and he told me, I was do. I don't do a lot of crowd work. Um, and for the audience, when, when, we, when comics say crowd work, it's like when you engage in a conversation with somebody in the audience to either create something to ad lib something to keep the show fresh or to lead into your next bit. I don't do a lot of it uh, at, um, I, I, okay. I don't do a lot of it as a rule. I can do it easily, but I don't do a lot of it all, you know, and in this particular case, I was doing some of it. And the guy who was the celebrity on the show was known for doing a whole lot of crowd work. Now, if this, I'm, I'm, I'm almost said his name. If this specific celebrity had come up to me and said, look, um, um, you're doing a great job as my opening act. Could you do me a favor? Is there any way you could like knock the, you know, not do as much crowd work because I, I do that primarily and I'm a crowd work guy. I would say, you know what? You're right. I didn't even think about that. You got it, brother. I'll just do, I'm, I'm going to keep it tight. I'm going to keep the, the bit tight. No crowd work. Be oh, cool. And I was yeah. shaking his hand and it would have been cool. No problem. He goes to the club owner, doesn't realize the club owner loves me. You tell that black kid. Well, he didn't say black kid. Well, actually, he probably did. He did say black kid. You tell that black kid. But he wasn't. He wasn't being racist. He was just pointing out that there was a white guy on the show and a black guy on the show, and I was the black guy, <laughs> right? You tell that black kid to stop doing crowd work and to make you fucking yeah. And I overhear it. Uh, the club owner turns and looks at me, and I look back at him, and he and he shakes his head and he puts he shrugs his shoulders, and I go up to him. I'm going, I'm gonna kill this guy. <laughs> I said, I'm gonna kill uh, this guy. I walked on stage and was like 35 minutes of high level crowd work. I I made a point to not leave him shit. <laughs> he goes on stage and bombs yeah. his he bombed his nuts off, and I said, "Don't never talk about me behind my back again." Fuck you. And then uh, we were cool after that. He re he realized he was being a dick, and uh, he apologized. And then I let then I let him and I just went back to what I was going to do, which was just straight regular stand up. Like, don't you ever go behind my back in my city, <laughs> you know, and try to trash me. You know, I, I can't have that. You know, this is this is you no. Know, I'm not there now, but this, that's my city, dude. You you can't try me in my city. You you ain't gonna you ain't gonna win that one. You know, so I get it. <laughs> I get it. Well, that's I I've rarely heard anything like that. I mean, that was that was one thing I can say about everybody that I normally perform with you know, other than in the, the big clubs, mm -hmm. if you're working with a headliner, mm -hmm. you know, even then that, that I've only had to deal with that in one particular club, you know, where they'll, you know, someone has actually said, you know, trying not to out, outdo the, the headliner. I'm like, well, how the, how the hell does that work? You know, if there's a, if there's a chance for me here coming to practice, outdoing the person that's coming to get paid, you got a problem. <laughs> It's got a whole hell of a lot to do with who you booking and or who I am or who they are or how all of this even happened. 
Yeah, you know, I'm going to go up there and be funny, and if I decide to pull back, I will. I only got five damn minutes to try to make a first impression any goddamn way. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that, you know you, you're really trying to put a leash on me in five minutes? Really, bro? <laughs> that's, that's, always, that's always one of those funny things, but, I, you know, I, that was, I was curious about this. Now, how long have you actually been, been doing stand-up? Okay, that is a weird question. Technically, full time, I've been doing it now for four years. Mm -hmm. It should be should be four regular years, but it's kind of. I guess you can say four years, including the pandemic. But it's you know outside the pandemic, it's you know it's 2017 is when I got back in. Uh, the first time I got on stage doing comedy was back in 2001. Mm -hmm. uh, this was actually before I really knew much about comedy scenes and stuff like that in Houston. I was just uh, just a dumbass and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sitting around having fun with my friends and, you know, telling them about my life and, you know, just sitting around talking shit, doing, having fun. And they was like, man, you need to go try this out. And, you know, I went, I went a couple of times and it was fun and I, I did good. I just, I don't know. It just didn't feel like something I wanted to try to really stick with at the time. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It, it was like, yeah, I tried it. It was all right. But as I got older and life was to be lived and, you know, things have happened, it, it, it's everything that I've done since then has drawn me back to, to getting back to where we are now. You know what I mean? Even with the jobs that I've held, people that I've known, you know, it's all come back again and again and again to to me being funny and you know when, when you know it, it, it's kind of like that old story they said in that one comedian said years ago if you know one person call you a crackhead you might not be a crackhead if ten people call you a crackhead it's possible one person may have seen you smoke crack if a hundred people call you a crackhead you a motherfucking crackhead the, you know the odds in favor that a hundred people know that you a crackhead you probably suck three of their dick for a crack and then smoke crack with two of them after you thought they did. So, yeah, you're a crackhead, you know. I would have to go, case, yeah. I, 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 it was one person telling me I was funny. <laughs> that wasn't enough. Then it became 10. Then it became 100. And after that, I was like, shit, I got to do something with it, you know. How long was that first stint, though? How long was that first stint? How long did you do it that first time? Uh, the very first time that was five minutes. They were at open mic. No, no, no. I mean, how long? How long were you doing stand up? Like uh, that first time it was like a year or so. Was it do a? Oh no! That first time, I I mean, I only did two. I walked in the club twice, walked on stage twice, performed twice, and never did it again. Until <laughs> twenty seventeen. Ah, that was a that's a long gap, man. Yeah, that was a huge. That, yeah, that's what I mean. I, I really, literally did it twice, two times in a row, over a two week span, and then I never went back. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't. I mean, it was. I didn't get booed off. I didn't get nobody. You know, it wasn't. I, I wasn't scared off. I just at that point in my life, I was. I was twenty one years old. I was a dumbass. I really wasn't trying to look at that as a focus to what I wanted to do, you know, mm. you, you, when you, you, which back then, to be honest, which I didn't have a focus that wasn't in somebody's pants any damn way. I was, you know, I was, I was kind of out there at the time, you know, and, you know, I was just, I was a nut, you know, so I, I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do in life. And so, you know, it just as, as things, like I said, as time went on and life would be lived the way it is, you know, shit happens and here we are, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs>
that is that is that's it that, yeah because uh, that is an interesting thing because a lot of times if somebody does it twice it, we've i mean you've, i'm sure you've seen it at this point you're there doing your thing and you see a new person coming they do it a couple times they do pretty good or they stink and then you never see him again <laughs> you know it just it just it just it's one of those things that when you do it it almost you know it's like a voice in your head that goes uh nah bro <laughs> it's like, i tell you if if i didn't have my homeboys with me i would never tell this story because anytime i tell this story somebody would think it was a lie but i had two of my partners with me one of them still walking on the grace on on earth, thank goodness. So he can vouch for me when I tell this. We were walking around in a grocery store. I want to say a couple of days after I did the second set going to the club, and one of the employees that was working at the store stopped dead in his damn track. I don't know what he was doing, but literally walked up to me and like shook my hand. Man, I saw you at the comedy club last night. Me and, me and my wife thought you were hilarious, you know, yada, 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 you know, and, and it just, even with that, I still didn't go back, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, 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 even with something like that, I still did not go back. I just was not feeling it. I just was, it, it was, it, at the time, it did not feel like something that I, I should have embarked. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not saying it could have became something if I if I would have kept rocking with it, but at, at looking at it now, it could have. But in the same breath of light, I wouldn't be able to tell the the stuff that I got now because the, the the stories and the the things that I'm able to to talk about and express is is. It's real shit, and it's things that I've lived, and, and, you know, one thing about material, you don't want nobody to be able to jock your shit. Well, the way you avoid that is, to me, is to live the life and to to go through the experience that you talk about. It, it kills me, you know, when I see some comedians go on stage with, like, paper and, and like, pull their phone out with notes and shit, because I, I think to myself, I'm like, I smoke weed all day long. Mm-hmm. I have a license to smoke weed all day long. You put me on stage right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to make you laugh just on what's in here. But mm. I write my shit, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? If if you've done it enough, it's yours. I I just I it I don't know. I'm not knocking nobody. I just I, it, every time I see it, it shocks the shit out of me. You, I was surprised at how many people because it's like all you got to do. I mean, it's it's a lot of people go about it in like a scientific way. I've seen a bunch of, you know, notepads. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm sitting there going, you know, because let's be honest, if you're, if you're going on stage with notepads, a lot of times you're only doing five or ten minutes. Like, dude, all you got to do is remember the four subject headings. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're going to burn 30 seconds trying to unlock your damn phone looking through the notes. <laughs> I'm sitting going, you making a phone call or something? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. come on, man. You know, because uh, is that that is just because I've seen it. Some people, when I watch them do that, you, you could tell that the dude or the lady is like a really, you know, they they use like a scientific method to their stand up. They look really methodical about it. Like the period has to be here and the the, the no, not say don't say the say the and the pause has to be two point five seconds. They're really scientific about it. And when I see them pull out the notepads, I go, you know what? That makes sense because they, you know, I get it. But I've seen people pull out the damn notepad and they're so messed up on stage and disjointed and sloppy. I'm going, if you that you that sloppy with a notepad, 
All you gotta do is yeah, look down. I, I'm just, I, I, it, it blows my mind when I see that shit because I'm like, you know, are, are you, are, are you drunk? I mean, did, did you drink? I mean, like I said, because I like, I know I'm going like we were talking about earlier. You know, if somebody, you know, the the the, the drugs is there in the comedy club, and I, I it it kind of boggles my mind because I'm like, damn, did you like? Are you okay? Do we need to, you know? Get you checked out or something? I mean, did you did you not like your shit? I don't know. I mean, goddamn. Yeah, some of these people are just. I, I just I just get it. I was well. I started at seventeen, so yeah. So when I saw that, like these these people were doing like, hardcore drugs all over the place, and I'm going, I, I you know when you watch a movie and you see all those drugs and you're thinking, man, get out of here. You just doing that for the movie? No. <laughs> You know, you get you get in the car with somebody. He's driving, and you know, I, you know, and then he pulls over. This guy pulls over. Hey, kid, you drive. I'm like, oh, all right. And you drive in the car. Yeah, go say pull over right here. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe he's getting something to, you know, he wants to get a soda or something. He pulls out some drugs. <laughs> he's chopping them up on the on the dashboard. And I'm going, are you trying to get us killed in here? Nobody's going to believe that I'm not involved in this. <laughs> you know. Everybody in the audience getting the free. <laughs> Boy, and look, they had, I mean, they had it laid out with goodie bags. They they gave us T-shirts. All the goodie bags had weed in it. It had weed all on the tables. They had a whole table that had that had a cabinet top on it. You open the cabinet top, and it was full of candy and cookies and shit. <laughs> they had another thing with water and everything. Somebody passed out because they... <laughs> One of us, five of us went up, but four of us only closed the show because mm-hmm. somebody got somebody got too lit. And they was done for the evening. <laughs> Some, somebody, somebody grabbed some stuff for the pros, and uh, yeah, <laughs> you somebody know. tried to stomp with the big dogs and and got ran smooth over by that killer. That that is that 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 new weed is something serious. Yeah, that, that's because the thing is, is like that's like a, I stay away from everything. You know what I mean? But the good, the good part about it is, every all my friends know that I don't, I don't do anything at all. So at first they were like, "Come on, man, do that." I was like, "Nah, it's not my thing," and they were cool about it. But the thing that cracked me up uh, the most was watching people, because like I'm the only one sober. So obviously, so, so the the bad part, the good part about it is, I always am available to keep them from getting their asses beat. Uh, <laughs> you know when they do something stupid, and I also I can get them home. So because I, they know I don't do anything. They really go nuts, 
you know, they said, we can get really fucked up because S. Anthony's going to be driving. I'm like, oh, God, I got to yeah, keep see, these that, <laughs> I, I've never been, I, because I used to have to be the designated driver. Mm-hmm. However, I was also a professional alcoholic at like 20 years old. Mm. So because of that, I was the drunk designated driver. <laughs> Because I was the only one who had a car, and I would not give up my keys. But mm-hmm. as you can see, no DWI has ever judged me. I would not do that now, mm-hmm. cause, mainly because I, I rarely drink. As you know, just out of you know shits and giggles. You know, I just I I, I kind of made that transfer some years ago. You know, just where kind of like what you were saying, the whole getting getting sloppy drunk and, and ready to fight and everything. I cannot think one time that I've ever smoked blunt, stood up and said, I'm going to punch someone. <laughs> That's just not, that doesn't come up in the menu of things, you know, unless it, if I have to punch the bag to get into the chips, then yeah, then mm-hmm. that might be me punching some shit, you know, but other than that, no. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's just it, but that's the, that's the weird thing about it is the simple fact that I'm always the designated driver because and just by default because everybody knows I don't do any of that stuff so it's like when they, when, they, when I would show up and they know that when they, if I pull up to and I'm taking like other comments with me to open for me and stuff and they see my car and they're like oh yeah <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, that's just like yeah I, keep, I forgot who we were opening for. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. I'm like, uh, you know, cause, you know, you know, you see, you know, it's like this, this, the, the one dude that, you know, he's like, I already know I'm probably going to get hit once keeping this guy from getting stomped. You know, it's, it's like, I already know yeah, what. That's, hey, that's, that's crazy. Hmm. And, and, and me, I'm too old for that shit. Oh, I, yeah, I just, oh no, no. Keep in mind, I'm 52, so this was yeah. quite a while ago. Uh, yeah. Anyone, when, when my friends start that stuff now, it's like, you know, I, I had to. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll say it. What the hell? It was, it's been, it's been years. Everybody knows now. I had to whoop one of my friends' asses um, when he was drunk to keep somebody else from really whooping his ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, to get him into the car. Did you whoop my ass? Dude, that dude, them dudes were going to stomp you in an alley. I had to knock you out. Yeah, be like, get... no, I got this. <laughs> He's right. like, I'll take it. care of this. Bow! <laughs> and I tracked him into the car. And uh, I didn't hit yeah, him. Yeah, you standing up there with him. Fuck him. I beat his ass for you. Sure. <laughs> and at first, because he, he, uh, he was like, yo, man, he told me you knocked me out. I said, dude, it was like six dudes that were going to take you in an alley. And probably kill you, and I, I was not. I'm not. He was. He was bigger than me, so I couldn't like just. I couldn't grab him to get him to move because he was too big. But, I, but I, I could knock him out. So like that in jail. Yeah, it's like I, I was. I, he was just too big. <laughs> <laughs> oh it, yeah, I'm stab- If I ever went up there, I'm just. I'm just gonna just immediately start stabbing everybody. <laughs> you know, I'm stabbing everybody. <laughs> You know, it's it's just really because it's weird. It's like you go into a, a, a friend of mine got into this whole altercation with a bunch of dudes, and the whole bar, like the whole bar, just explode. Everybody's hitting people with stuff, chairs throwing. I see knives coming out. I'm literally stepping on bodies and punching people in the throat just to get out of the bar and dragging my friends with me. And uh, we get outside. The cop cars come pouring around the corner, and they're looking at us. And I was like, "Look, calm. Just walk down the street." Look calm. 
look calm. Look calm. Like police officer running down the street. I'm going, officers, what's going on? We heard there's a fight. Oh, oh, oh really? Oh, let me get out of your way to let you do your job. And we got the <laughs> he walked right through them and got into my car and pulled off. We didn't start the fight. It was a bunch of guys trying to jump on us. And then um we kind of punched and kicked our way out of the bar. And when we got outside, everybody in the stop was still whooping each other's ass. But we were outside. And we walked right through the oh, cops. What's going on back there, officer? <laughs> Let me tell you about one of my homeboys. No, no, it don't. I, I, it, it, first of all, that, see, I, I can already tell the company you keep. You hang out some fucking hoodlums. Let me tell you about these, this nigga I hang out with. This son of a bitch. We're at the bar. This is one of the rare times that my wife actually comes to the bar. <laughs> so we're at the bar. One of her friends from out of town came in. We were all kicking and hanging out, having a good time. My homeboy was at the bar with his girlfriend. Everybody all hooked up, having fun. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Somebody, somehow, somebody ran up to my homeboy, whispered in his ear, and as soon as he whispered in his ear, my partner dropped his beer on the ground, <laughs> took off, hold on, grabbed his girl by her face, and drug her out of the bar. Eee. Before I can figure out what the hell was going on, here comes his ex-psycho girlfriend walking up to me talking about, Hello, Joe. I heard that Dre was here. I was like, oh, shit. Uh-oh. Because this, this crazy heifer was coming to look for him. He didn't took clean out, out of the bar. So, yeah. Fighting four, five niggas and all of that. I ain't got to worry about no shit like that in my world when I got niggas like that to deal with. I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is the extent of the, the, the violence, if you will, is a dude running from a crazy chick with his new chick because he don't want none of that shit in his life. Yes. I mean, and it, he ain't even paying this chick child support. I mean, this was just like a, a like smashing grab. I could see if she was chasing him down for a chick. I, yeah, but the thing was, I, I learned back then. See, the thing was, when you look, <laughs> I wish I had a picture of my friends back then. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was like, because it, like, it was like big, giant white dudes with pins in a hat, biker dudes, hardcore brothers, and we're all stand-ups. So, you know, so, so these are guys that grew up in white hood, black hoods, right? Ready to whoop somebody's behind. But once they started doing comedy, they're like, yeah, man, I'm not going to. I'm going to chill on that stuff. You know, I'm, I like to make funny now. You know, I want to tell jokes now. You know, I don't want to be, you know, whooping anybody's behind. I don't want to be a tough guy or anything. And I'm just I'm just a guy, a regular dude. I'm only 5'8", so it's not like I'm some giant guy whooping people's behinds. But it's just that I knew how to whoop people's behind. I just didn't want to do it or like doing it. I just did it when I was trying to protect myself. These are some big dudes, man. You know, and so... When so if they do anything, people see the size of those guys. Oh yeah, and I'm like, ah, oh, sweet God, <laughs> like, what is this? And over the years, obviously, I've, I've distanced myself from the ones that didn't learn to stop doing that. And everybody else is kind of cool now. Like the ones that I'm still cool with now. I'm actually I'm cool with all of them, but the ones that I see now, we're all like, you know, I'm I'm the baby of the group. Okay, I'm 52. So these dudes are like in their 60s now, and my new friends are younger. They're not that kind of cat, you know. But I just remember those days, man. I remember those days. And and, uh -huh. and uh, you're like nine feet tall, ain't you? Huh? 
Who me? Yeah. Nah, I don't know. Well, I'm six foot. Six foot? Oh, okay. So, what do you, why you? That's why you taking all your pictures. Of somebody laying on the floor or something? What? <laughs> <laughs> Every time I see a picture of you, it's like it look like you're twelve foot six. Damn it! You're only four inches taller than me. Damn it! I, I, I photograph tall. That's what that is. I, the hell is I, I it? What is it? Five foot six a leg? I, 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 I'm like photo. I, I add, the camera acts like six inches of height. <laughs> I'm, th- I'm sitting there going, "Yo, Joe's kind of tall." I was like, "He ain't no damn, you know." Because I remember I seen the picture. Like, hey, I guess Joe's tall. Uh, Apparently, uh, you got the, you got the, somebody you got, you got someone two, three foot four taking your damn pictures. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's the that's the camera angle. You know what I'm saying? That's the magic of the photographers and and, and shit. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was that was that was, I was yeah. Cause I was going to ask you that in the beginning. I was like, Jesus Christ, you know, because um, uh, you know, it, it's because <laughs> I I know that uh, you know, you know, camera angles can do all sorts of things, man. You know. Um, cause you know, everybody takes pictures of this themselves, it, you know, they take 55,000 selfies as you know, from being online and they keep the best one. I just snap right here, there to click. There it is. You get, that's all you're getting. I look like I look the hell do I care anymore. Yeah. I, I still haven't, I, I, that's one of the things that may hinder me as far as, cause I, I've, I've sat here with a pen and piece of paper trying to think of funny videos to make and, you know, trying to get on the whole, you know, YouTube and, and, and TikTok phenomenons and shit like that. And just, I don't know. It just, it, it, it doesn't feel like why I'm here. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's, I don't want to go on there telling my stories because that'd be a waste of, of my material that mm-hmm. I want to put out on stage for the people. You know, I, I mean, you know, and, and with some of that, I mean, you, I've had people literally have to force some of that out of me, you know, because <laughs> I'm very, I'm very selective with my material, man. I would keep hitting them with the same shit over and over and over again until it, until it, it, it keep going. But you know, it's very rare that I'll drop some of that, 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 that really special material that I have. And like, cause I got caught into that last week and it, it went over great cause it was supposed to, but mm-hmm. that, that was that, that would be that material. I would say that, that I did kind of like what you were talking about earlier with the whole timing and, and the, the presence and the, the cadence and all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have material like that, but I also just have my stuff that I've trained and practiced so much that, you know, it just goes on stage and flow, you know, that's just how it goes. It's it's weird because uh like the social media thing when I see dudes, you know, put. I mean, if, if you were a sketch guy and you want to churn out sketches, I get it. You know, I get it. You know, those guys that do the the videos on you, like you said, on on YouTube and TikTok and all that kind of stuff. But the thing is, you know, I I dig watching, but I get I'm at the point now where I I like uh like pure stand up. I like listening to longer form things. You know, I don't want to. You know, you watch something that's like eight, six minutes long. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? And if you pour out that much material, you know, when you go on stage, you are going to have nothing, or you're going to be repeating stuff that you already said. Yeah. You know, and I don't want to because I got. I mean, as you know, I got I got two podcasts, so I have two brains. I have a brain that writes jokes for stage. And I have a brain that does create stuff for podcasts and they don't crisscross. I don't do the same stuff on the stage that I would do on podcasts and vice versa. Even though it's coming from the same brain, you know, I've been doing both long enough that I can separate them. Because you, my friend, you 
also podcasted. I did. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you stopped podcasting. I did. Explain this, sir. Why did you abandon the podcast world? You disgust me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let me tell you what happened. (laughs) So the podcast, and I I always said this. I never lied to anybody. I said that the podcast was put there to build the comedy. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what in a nutshell, if a lot of people ask me, where my open mic experience came from, it came from that 120 episodes of that damn podcast. Mm-hmm. But that that was me in a room by myself, being completely as raw and raucous and saying whatever the hell I wanted to say, and working it out in my head so that once I would start hitting the stage, it would become just that. And as you know, life is to be lived, and then things happen. I started hitting that stage more, and you know uh, that's that. It was kind of not too long after that in 2017. Um, and plus, you know, you got to remember that that summer was quite hectic. That was, you know, that was one of the years when a lot of the, the protesting had began, mm-hmm. and, and we were all doing you know nonstop shows almost at the time, you know, and almost every show was was having to talk about you know somebody being shot or. or you know, Trump's stupid ass or, mm-hmm. you know, all the things that were happening at the time. And it, to me, as I started getting back on stage, I started realizing that it, it started kind of feeling like less comedy and more news. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it, it felt like I, I had to, to be this presence to everyone that to, to, if I was going to have this platform, I had to always speak out on what was going on on the platform. And I was like, well, damn, you know what I'm saying? That's that's kind of weighing a little bit because, you know, especially when I'm trying to go out on, on the stage and, and, you know, just trying to grind and be funny and, and, and take take people away from, from that aspect, you know what I mean? It, it just, the two worlds were, weren't weren't rubbing together right you know what i'm saying just and and a lot of that did have to do with the content that i did talk about you know you know my yeah we we got funny but we also got real it's just as as time went on with the show shit started getting real and real and realer more and more and more and and like i said i i i mean i would find myself writing and not even being able to squeeze in a joke mm-hmm. these things will beat you down man <laughs> you know, you know. Like, like, I don't think people people that even there's a lot of podcasters people don't realize that yeah. once you've been when you when you do because a lot of they call it pod fading for people who are listening to us um, people do four or five of them and then get the hell out of there because they're going hey podcasting everybody's doing it this is fun and then after a while people start listening to you and then you start feeling a responsibility and you know and if it's not something that you just love to do a lot it starts to feel like an, an additional job and it just kind of beats you down and beats you down and beats you down. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, look, I, I, I got a job already. I don't, <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, I mean, it was just, it was that, you know, for me, it was always that it became that weekly release, you know, for mm-hmm. 30 minutes for a week, you know, I, I was allowed to, to view voice my opinion and, and say what I wanted to feel and, and whatever the hell, you know, if you liked it, great. If you didn't, you didn't. You know, a lot of people liked it. You know, some people didn't. You know, I had more people tell me they did that they didn't. So, you know, that all works for me. But, 
you know, it, it, it once I started getting back on stage, I had a feeling the podcast was going to go away anyway. And mm-hmm. that was the reason why, you know, as, as time was going to go on and I knew it, it, once, once I started seeing him become more than just open mic, that's when I knew the podcast was going to go. When I started seeing my name on flyers and on tickets and, you know, not here in Oklahoma, that, that's easy to do because you don't have a lot of people at that time that were coming through here, mm-hmm. you know, because the scene hadn't built up, you know. So to, to be a part of that at that time, too, you know, to be on some of those those flyers and, and, and you know, and, and to be on some of those shows that, you know, may have brought a lot of attention that's here now is, you know, fucking awesome, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we you know, the the people that's out here and the powers that be did a lot to, to build to where it is. And right now, you know, with the attention coming to Austin, you know, that's going to spread up to Dallas. And then when you tie in to Oklahoma, you know, as, you know, life starts to be reopened and stuff like that, it's, you know, Oklahoma is going to eventually, you know, pop into a, and, and eventually turn into a big hub for comedy, you know, right in the center of the country. And, you know, and to be honest, and people out here, they, 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 they want to hear balls to the wall. They, they're, they're not shy. You know, you, there's. I don't want you to think just because it's in the Bible Belt, you got to come out here and be in a comedy club like you know, <laughs> Praise Jesus, yeah, no. <laughs> these folks, are, these people are fucking disgusting. <laughs> that's 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 one of the weirdest things in the world when you go to a place uh, and you just assume everybody's going to be sitting there uh-huh. like this with their hands crossed and and we how he said heck, oh God, he said heck, you know, <laughs> you know. I, Hold on. I saw Tracy Morgan at the casino a couple of years ago out here. This this was kind of before I got back home myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually saw a couple of people walk out. This was not, this was a couple of, about a year or two after his accident. And he had been touring and he pulled a piece of paper out on stage, but I could understand why. Mm-hmm. That was the first time that I can actually recall in my comedic time seeing somebody pull paper out and, and, and on stage, but I understood why this man had almost been killed. We're mm-hmm. literally being blessed with his presence, being him here with us. And then to see people walk out, I kind of got pissed off for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because they thought they was coming to see Tracy Morgan from 30 Rock. You know, no, that, that hell no. That ain't Tracy Morgan. <laughs> It's, it's That's NBC's Tracy Morgan. No, this we were coming to see Martin's Tracy Morgan. We were coming to see Hook Man. It, <laughs> that that always cracked me up because, uh, like Bob Saget from um, what's that show, Full House? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Have you ever seen his act? He is absolutely disgusting. That is the dirtiest act. <laughs> and I'm sitting in the balcony. I never, I never knew how dirty he was until after Full House. Oh God, it was hilarious um, because we knew he was dirty because he goes, you know, my act's really dirty, and I go, okay, I don't know why you're telling me this, you know. And he goes on stage and the Bob Sack and the audience, yeah, blah 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 blah. <laughs> Watch, you know, there's some some people are, are laughing harder because of the fact that his act was really well it's probably still dirty it's, it's really dirty because they thought they got a kick out of him. oh the, the danny tanner whatever his name on the show he's just talking dirty nobody walked out but they were like um what? they weren't ready they, you can they see him looking ready. like confused like they were confused and i'm laughing hysterically in the balcony we're, we're all we're all sitting there watching it laughing because he said it was dirty but you know 
I didn't know when he said dirty. I'm thinking regular dirty. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't know it was like Jesus. Christ. And at the time, I was, I was, yeah. Dirty. I expect something. If, if if he don't go completely and totally raw, I'm gonna dog his ass. <laughs> I'm disgusting. So I, I know I get on stage to say any damn thing. That that has already happened. Yeah. And that, that's part of my repertoire, you know. I'm if, if, to me, if you have been on stage and never heard <gasps> from at least one person, mm. you you know, bro, you doing something wrong. Uh, I've shot shit out of some people, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that was that was that was one of my. I I I remember a lady. It was a um, it was like a religious group, right? And it was like really religious group, and. We had an act. This guy was one of the funniest human beings. He was like the local version of Bernie Mac, right? Um, he was. He was. I mean, he didn't copy Bernie Mac. He was like you know a brother, talk fast, really dirty, but just super duper likable. Yeah. And he gets booked on the show, and I get booked on the show. And I and I I can be dirty. I can be clean. I I you know I'm like right in the middle somewhere, depending on how I feel at that particular time. So I have no problem going on to be clean. The opening act goes on, and he's, he don't know what he's doing. He's dirty as hell. And the people in the audience are looking at him like, you did, ugh, 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 ugh. <laughs> right? I go on, and I'm this likable kid. I'm, I'm 18, 19 years old, a little dirty. They're laughing. They're, they're rolling on the ground. You know what I mean? And he comes on, and I'm telling you, his act was is like, but he's so damn likable. I mean, he's like, it, I used to say back if you don't like this guy, I should just walk up and slap you in the mouth because you're an ass if you don't like this guy. He's really super dirty, but he's killing them, destroying this religious group. Sex, 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 crushing this place. And I'm watching the person in the back that didn't want him on the show, and I'm laughing my ass off because he's crushing this place. You know, so it's it's a lot of it is basically what the audience will tolerate from you specifically if they believe you or trust you they'll live they don't care what you say i mean i i, I actually saw somebody try to get away with a 9-11 joke one night and i was like damn bro you're you're kind of bold I, like like yeah i i was like i i i saw another comedian like pull out like a child abuse joke in front of a, a child abuse advocate you know i mean i was like you know what i'm saying it, it, but in the same breath i've also done shows where like i had um what they, they were doing poetry and comedy and that was like absolutely horrifying because you're you're hearing these horrible poetry stories you know I could see if they was like doing dirty poetry and being nasty but no they were like talking about like personal life experiences and mm-hmm. you know trouble in the home and stuff and then you I gotta go up on stage talking about you know farts and snot and shit and everything I, I, you know how the hell is that supposed to work <laughs> have you, you ever know, I've, I've, I've been in some weird shows already that's it. <laughs> have, have, have you ever done the uh, Alcoholics Anonymous and uh, Al-Anon meetings nah I ain't done none of them yeah, I'm talking about shows. It's I mean, I've done shows there, and uh, <laughs> it's like you know, you're sitting in the back, and I'm going, "Wow, you know what? These guys, you know, you, you and the guy goes, keep it clean." And I'm going, "Okay, I got a clean act too. No big deal." Guys are on stage talking about their what they did for real in their lives. You Thank know what I mean? Telling me clean. <laughs> we all I, we all we walked over to the book, and I'm going, "Are you fucking kidding me?" 
Lady, you suck my dick, Frank. Are you really telling me to be clean? He's like, this guy was like talking about banging an animal, right? And I'm sitting there going, so you don't want me to say anything harsher than hell. And he just did 20 minutes about having sex with a cow when he was drunk. So you want me to, and we're, you know, and it was, it was just like, I was sitting there going, because I, I, you know, obviously now the guy didn't actually say having sex with a cow. He said something equally disgusting. But because I made a promise not to actually talk about what I heard in these meetings, I made up something equally disgusting because I gave my word. You know, it's been 30 years. I'm going to keep my word and not bring up what he actually said. But it was something along. It was something equally disgusting. Right. You do know that the the uh, the what what's the cow? Statue of limitations is passed, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I still got to see this dude. So, <laughs> come on, bro. You know he's listening right now. Well, he's not listening right now because we're recording it. But when it comes out, he's gonna hear it. He's, he's gonna be running up on you. Oh my god! I tell you right now, you mother sucker. I've had I've had people. Um, that I talk about on the other podcast when I tell personal stories, right? And uh, I, I always change everything. I change. I I change what coast it was on. I change the sex of the person. Sometimes I'll change just enough. I've had people come up to me laughing about a story, and I'm and and I'm going, yeah, um, that didn't sound familiar to you. What you talking about? Think about the think about the story I told again. He goes, oh shit, that was us. Oh, I was like, yeah, <laughs> that was what you did, I, I, <laughs> you know. But I, I, I really do anything to protect the innocent. There, yeah. there, there's no innocence around me. If your ass was there, your ass remembered it. You can lie and say you didn't. I don't care, you know. Oh God, man! I just imagine what would have happened if they had uh if they had cell phones and, and the internet back then. Jesus Lord. Oh, half my friends would. <laughs> their careers would have been ruined uh, <laughs> oh god if, I, if they had camera phones in the 80s mm. I, I could right now half of the shit that people got away with back then I mean I, I could tell you some true stories that, that, that would really truly give you nightmares because it, it it was some shit going on in the 80s man that, that just you know I it's Dutch. I'll be honest with you. It was mm-hmm. the eighties was a wild time. I mean, kids, folks back there, them adults back in them days, really ain't got room to say shit to these kids right now. Because to be honest with you, the ones around our age ought to be lucky they survived that crazy shit. Because man, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. it, it was it was nutty as hell back then, boy. I tell you. Yeah, because I, I turned twenty one at the end of nineteen eighty nine. Uh, so, you know, I remember the 80s. I was a teenager for most of it. But I'm telling you now, there's people that I know right now. Now, like I said, we're this is being recorded. So this is going to come out in like a week or two. So you are listening and you know who you are. And I've been hit, kicking it with you and your wife. I'm, holding for, I'm, I'm talking to my friends, Joe. So I've actually been in the house with you while you scolded your teenage children for doing some stuff. Acting like you never did the same stuff when I was with your punk ass when you did the same stuff, right? <laughs> right. So we're in the car. I can't believe that boy did that. And I'm laughing. He goes, "What?" And I'm going, 
okay, I want you to look to the right, to the right in the passenger seat, who you're driving around. Now, what did you say you didn't do again? Because I was there with you, with your lying ass. I, <laughs> Shit, I was, I was nine. I was only nine years old by 1989, and I'm sure I may have been partially responsible for the Texas Alcohol and Tobacco Commission shutting down the nightclub that was about to ask her to always do the Texas. Yes. It's, it's, it's just, and that's the weird thing because everybody now, it it's like they they just want attention so badly. They want attention so badly that they do crap and, you know, the stuff that they're doing, people two or three decades ago not me, of course, other people, not, mm-hmm. not me, other people um, We're doing it just for fun. Like, you know, so you see a guy getting it on with someone in the back of a truck that's driving down the freeway, you know, and of course, you know, and I'm going now, of course, I would have never have never done anything like that. Well, fuck that. Getting it on. Try laying a child on top of a, a box spring and a mattress in the back of a pickup truck riding down a damn country uh, back road, a uh, farm road going between moving between houses and stuff trying to get, because your ass ain't got no string to tie down the fucking mattresses. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've seen so some... So you th- pick the fattest kid in the house to lay on the mattresses and hope to God that him, the mattresses, and his ass don't fly out the back of the damn truck. <laughs> it's like, every time I see these videos with people putting stuff on tops of trucks, uh, every time I do, like if I do a gig like in the middle of, of uh, like if you, like, uh, my home state of Pennsylvania. There's Philadelphia on one side, Pittsburgh on the other side, and the entire middle of it is not Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. If you understand what I'm saying, so, <laughs> so you, it's 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 like it's like Ohio. It's like it's you know one side is this and one side is that, and in the middle, you know, it's just like the middle of the country. So, you know, people are, people look, and they, people in the middle of Pennsylvania look at Philadelphia and Pittsburgh like f Philadelphia and f Pittsburgh. They ain't they stink, you know. And so you're driving through, and I see stuff, and, and you do shows in places like that. First of all, the audience is a cool, is cool as hell. They love you being there. They love it. But you see stuff that you never really normally see, like what you just described. You know, you see a guy hold, he's holding lumber on the top of his truck with his one hand, his left hand, and he's driving with the other hand. You know. Uh, oh no! Don't get me wrong. There's plenty of dumb things that we can see now happening that didn't happen. You know, I'm just just as an example of some of the horrible things that I had <laughs> back in them days. I mean, I see plenty of stupid hell. I, 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 dude, I, I live in an RVB and have traveled the country the last year living in RV parks. You know, I didn't see some dumb shit. Oh, oh, that. Oh, so you live in an RV, man? If I'd have known that, I would have, uh, man. What the heck is that like, bro? When you can just Dude, take it's great. Cause I, I've seen some RVs and I'm like, man, that's some cool ass stuff, bro. I've seen someone that was just I saw some stuff. I was like, damn, that is cool. Super cool. Oh yeah, I, I mean mine is it's it's a twenty eighteen. We bought it because, you know, the kids were leaving the house and I kind of had a, a long talk with my wife and we weren't really in a position of buying a house and then trying to make an investment like that. And well, we kind of were actually, but we were like, you know, who would be there? I mean, the, 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 the kids are leaving my, 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 my son who actually, you know, he lives with his mother in Georgia. 
So I only get to see him once a year, you know, mm-hmm. when he comes here. So, I mean, you know, having a house and holding on to all of that, and then where we were living, we were paying rent, and we just kind of really took a, a honest look at our finances. It was just like, what's the point? You know, we're literally paying for somebody else's house. So we was like, we might as well just get the RV, you know, even if we keep it, you know, four or five years, you know, and or, you know, even two or three years. We're already, we're already in three, year three now. We're already looking at maybe, you know, trading up to something else, you know. So, I mean, it, it just it's one of those things that you're not locked into something forever if you don't want to be. And that's kind of the, the, the freedom of it. And we don't have kids here. That, that's the main thing. No children. You know, we, we see people trying to do this with children and we look at them like you're weird. <laughs> yeah. How often, how often do you actually, did you, do, do you actually unhook and, and, and take it on the road? Uh, we were, well, okay. The last year has been the most. We, when we got it originally, we kind of had it parked for about two years, uh, here in Oklahoma. And then when we finally took it, we, we took it to Houston uh, before the pandemic. Uh, and then after that, we took it to Vegas. No, we took it to Colorado for two months. We took it to Vegas for four. We took it to Albuquerque for two months and Texas for three months. And then we've been back in Oklahoma now for two months. So it's it's been... It's been this last year has been kind of that that huge circle of, of hitting Vegas and back, if you will, uh, and, and trying to do as much craziness as I could between there. But like I said, with the pandemic, it was you know, depending on where you were, the whole world was completely different. You know, being in Vegas, you know, you would see somebody get knocked out if they didn't have a mask on. Where being in Texas you would be amazed to seeing people with masks on. It mm-hmm. was, it was literally one of those situations and, and see that it was so weird. Cause I mean, and I, I can't even throw that on Texas. I throw that on Arizona cause it was the same effect. As soon as you crossed out of Nevada in Arizona, you, you saw the same, you, I walked in the stores in Arizona that were like, Oh, you don't have to have your mask on. And I was like, this was like in August of last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really, bro? Did you take your mask off? Hell no! <laughs> I'm Did you get jammed in the arm? Yeah, I got my. I'm, I'm vaccinated. Oh, you got both of them? Oh yeah, I'm good. I only got one so far. I get my second one on the 13th. I can't wait them to jam that damn thing in there. Get this crap over with. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm ready to rock. That's what I said. I'm ready to rock now. Any, any stage I got, I'm ready for them because that's the reason why. I mean. It, it, you know, this, this shit took my mind, man. I mean, you know, mm. it, it, it's anybody that, that that wanted to play with it is it, crazy. And I ain't gonna lie. At first, when I was hearing the numbers, I was like, man, they 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 really going too far with this. And I was like, you know, it's really archaic. But then, you know, months on end, when I started hearing the, you know, thousands of people, and then. 10,000 people and 50,000 people. And then by the time it hit 50,000, you know, it, it started hitting close to home for me because, you know, I, I do have a, a little bit of a following out here now between the podcast and, and doing shows and everything. So, you know, when you start seeing it in that personal level, it, it really started getting real. So it, um, it took your mother. Yeah. When, when I talked to my mom, December 21st was the last real, real conversation with her because she actually called to tell me that my aunt had passed away. Um, she had passed away just from, from just from old age, but yeah. uh, she was calling to 
tell me that, and we talked for about, about 30, 45 minutes. And then uh, I called her on Christmas Day, and she was really down, and she wasn't really doing well. And I, um, my sister told me that, that she had been talking to her, and then the next day they took her to the hospital. And then within two hours of being in the hospital, she passed. Man, double infinite condolences on both, brother. Good Lord. Good Lord. Uh, the this this last year has I appreciate that by the way, but it, it's it, it's all been eye opening. The one thing I did promise her because uh, after the show I did in Mesquite, uh, Nevada, I, I kind of came down with a little bug and uh, I talked to my mom about it, and she she went in on me. She she went smooth off and was like, you know. You, you're going to get yourself killed over some bullshit. You know, it ain't worth it. You need to, you know, stop and, and shut this down until, you know, we know more or get get the vaccine situated or something. Don't you do, you know, she told me, don't you do a damn show until you get both shots. And I I did, I kept my promise. I did not hit, hit the stage until I got my second shot. And I got my second shot on the 15th and I hit the stage on the 20th. I mean, you, uh, were you, Moderna or Pfizer? I did Moderna. Yeah, it's the one I got. I got one Moderna shot. <laughs> well, see, plus, I got the Moderna shot because I had a test monkey because my dad got his shot first. Mm-hmm. And so I got to pick him out to make sure he didn't grow any horns or get an extra <laughs> tail or no shit like that. You know, if something like that would have popped off and I'd have been like, yeah, we'll probably go with the Pfizer vaccine. Mm-hmm. But since he got Moderna and, and he just kept being the normal asshole that he was, um, <laughs> I went ahead and got the shot, you know. It's, it's, well, let's think if you got some, if you'd grown some horns, I mean, that's a good bit. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to hell, so it'll match the outfit well. I mean, I'm just, you know. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the boss of comedy, and you walk up there with horns on the shit. <laughs> hey, man, take those horns off. Uh, kind of can't. <laughs> that ain't happening for us. All right, yeah, that's, that's just that's just a, oh I, I gotta ask you this because you said you took the uh you took the the, the RV to, how close can you get because I mean did you have a pl- do you have a, a plot when you went to Las Vegas I mean I, I know they're all over the place but how close to Vegas could you physically get with the with the RV Oh no we were in Vegas mm-hmm. I was in city limits yeah and this I, I I'm gonna tell you this you know because this I I I'll share this with you because I did share it the other night. We didn't find out for like four months, two, three months after we left that we were actually staying in a neighborhood that they nicknamed Little Afghanistan. Okay. And I mean, this spot, I mean, no, we were in Vegas city limits because the really, the honest, to be honest with you, the outskirts of Vegas is really shit. And and for everybody that, that thinks that they've been to Vegas and, and kept their ass on the strip, fuck you. You ain't been to Vegas, okay? You have not seen Las Vegas until you get off the strip. Uh, until you drive down about a good two-mile stretch of road and smell nothing but piss and anger, you ain't been to Las Vegas, okay? I don't know if they, they must run the breeze van vent over people on the strip and everything. Cause they don't, when you ride down the strip, everything smells lovely and terrific. As soon as you turn down that road heading towards Nellis Avenue, you're going to smell nothing but piss and frustration with that whole damn city. Cause this smells absolutely horrible. Well, have you, have you ever been to the East coast? I have, n- I've, the. Uh, well, it's been some years. I, I used to go to Atlanta from time to time when I was younger, but uh, okay. it, it's been 
I've been out there. Well, let me just let me just put it to you this way. Um, I haven't been to Atlantic City, New Jersey, in quite a while. I used to work there. I did some shows down there. They would say, uh, "Listen, um, we're going to need you to stay near the boardwalk. We don't want you to go behind the casinos anywhere." Uh, you need to just stay near the boardwalk. And of course, as a young idiot, I walked off the boardwalk, and um, when and it was very, very similar to what you just described to Las Vegas. Because the, the times that I went to Las Vegas, I went right in. I drove in. I went right into the strip. I had no interest uh-huh. in going anyplace else. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I, I just you know what I'm saying. You know, if you go if you go someplace where there's gambling, always know the places where the casinos are is going to be really nice. You go on the other side of those casinos, you might as well just stab your damn self. <laughs> oh, I mean, they'll tell you it's a part of, of, of the strip called Naked City. If you go past the stratosphere, you might not make it back. Yeah, they didn't have to tell me that. <laughs> like, they, they tell you about Naked City. If you go past the stratosphere, you might not make it back to your casino. So I suggest you make sure you leave your shit at home. They don't mess around. Look, uh, look, everybody keep wanting to run down to Vegas and have fun and all that whatnot and you know, it, it was it was definitely eye open to to <laughs> be. <laughs> you know, because I mean, I mean, but the, I mean, the RV park that we were staying at, it was like it was right out there by Henderson. So, like I said, it wasn't on the strip, but we were still in Vegas, uh, Vegas city limits. So, yeah, Henderson. You know. I heard. In the, I mean, I was looking at. Uh, I don't know what you know when you go on YouTube and all of a sudden it just starts recommending crap to you. I don't know how, how the hell this happened, but it was recommending houses in henderson you know and uh it didn't look too I mean, bad you, see a bunch of you, can. I mean, you know but i was just sitting there all i'm saying when you got when you got what would you do catch a cab when you got when you put the rv there because i know you didn't take it down the strip well no I, my, my my rv is actually the travel trailer so i pull it mm-hmm. with my truck mm-hmm. once we get the once we get it park and everything we just drop it off the truck and then move around oh okay yeah because i was i was because I, I, I had pictured you know you know what i was thinking about yeah the monsters. No, no. <laughs> I, I ain't got to that level yet we ain't, we ain't got there yet bro we we, we gotta I, I get it i gotta get some more people you know get lined up with some people that do your booking and shit to kind of get that kind of money bro well, it may, well, the good, get, well at least well, at least I, you I have gotta, some more i gotta get i gotta get my game i gotta step my game up a little bit more to get to the to the big <laughs> rv and what well, well, the thing is, at least you got some mobility. You know what I'm saying? You're not stuck with that, because then, you know, once you put that, some, once you put one of those monsters someplace, it's not like you can drive it down to the McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, and and that's true. I mean, it's it, that would have to be something that would come with a process of you know we'd have to have another car attached to the back of it or something. But like I said, by the time I get to that level, we 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 ain't even started dreaming that that far just yet. Just you know. We just got past the, we ain't even got the full, like, 95% effectiveness from the shot and shit. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, got you, a couple of, you, got, you got a couple of weeks for the, after that. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm like, I ain't, I ain't really running out there too fast. I, I got I got one, I got two shows coming up in Tulsa, but they're going to be in one night. So it'll be just a, a double whammy that we're doing there and uh so tickets are on sale right now. Um People can message me on Facebook. To get those tickets, or can message uh, my uh, other star of the show, Mr. Damon Detroit, and tickets are fifteen dollars free sale, free sale twenty dollars at the door, May eighth at the Aloft in Tulsa. Now let me ask you this before before we get out of here because I got to find out 
What kind of comedy spouse do you have? Does she come to the shows? Oh, I got a nut. Yeah, she always roll with me. This it, my road dog. I mean, it's it, it's just me and her. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, like I was saying, you know, having that person that can vouch for the shit that we've seen, and I say. You know, you can, I've literally seen like half of the crowd look at her and she'll like be like nodding, like, yes, this really happened. You know, <laughs> shut up. Good looking at him. <laughs> you know, why are you looking at me? He's telling the damn story. You know, she just <laughs> holding the phone and I look at, I look back at the video. It's like 50 faces looking at her like, did that really happen? You <laughs> 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 see like, just pay attention to the damn show. Yes, it happened. So yeah, no, that's, that's my rock. She, she run with me for whatever, so. Yeah, that's that's good because uh, you know, it, uh, I've I've seen the the comedy spouses, girlfriends, or comedy boyfriends, who, you know, they come to the show and they're like, "Let's get this crap over with so we can get back home." Ah. <laughs> I've seen I've seen a bunch of those, you know, and I've had a couple of girlfriends who literally would call me before a show and ask me how much new material I was doing because they knew that I was writing a new act. They go, "How much new material are you doing?" I said, "Well, I'm only doing a new 15 minute chunk." No. <laughs> Call me when you're doing this, 30 new minutes. <laughs> hold on. This woman has been with me at a job, and I was working at a car lot in, mm-hmm. in a little town called Enid, Oklahoma. And I was at work one day, and I get a call at home telling me that uh, I was going to have to have a meeting the next day. And apparently I, I, got, I got written up because I told a joke that apparently the training lady that I was working with said that she felt it was inappropriate. But as soon as I asked what was the joke, nobody could remember the joke. So I was like, wait a minute, you are offended about something that you can't even recite by word that of what I said, you know what I'm saying? So I mean, she has been with me and seen me getting written up at, at jobs and gotten in trouble just for telling jokes and shit. So she knew this was coming. Mm-hmm. This was this was something that was going to either eat me alive or I was gonna have to take advantage of it because one way or the one way or another I was going to have to get on the mic again. Just because of the way my life like I said, the way my life was coming it was living itself. It had to be told. This shit cannot be contained. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And to, to have that presence and that ability to be able to do it is a blessing in itself. And I, I, I like to think to myself the whole time was, why not? Mm-hmm. That, that's why I'm here. You know, there, there had to be a reason why God put me on this path and had me go through and see the things that, that I've experienced and whether good or bad, if I can make it funny, it works. That's, that's all. That, that's that's what it's became. That's one of the best things about this job. I was talking to somebody else I had on the show, and I said one of the good things about doing what we do, and I, and this is why I've I've gotten a lot more even tempered over the years, is bad things will happen to you, and at first you get pissed off, but then as because of what we do, you're like, hold it a second, that was horrible and embarrassing. And it's going to make me money. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like this. Yeah. Like, I could be embarrassed, but I could actually use this. Hmm. Yeah. And get paid. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I made, I, look, I made more money 
I made more money on the shows that I did during the pandemic than I've made in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'll keep it 100 with you because, I mean, and I know it had a lot to do with being in Vegas, and I know there was a lot of, you know, people that, for somebody to pull something off like this, they had to be desperate for entertainment because, you know, you, I was walking by Brad Garrett's comedy club with the doors shut down. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there was no activity outside of the, you know, of the casino. And then even in the casino, you couldn't smoke a cigarette without having to pull your mask down, take puff the cigarette, then pull your mask back up. Vegas was not messing around when it came to the mask laws and, and, and following the rules and regulations of the CDC compared to, to some of the other areas, you know, like Texas. And I'll I, I call them out, Texas, Oklahoma, and Arizona. The Colorado, New Mexico, and and Vegas, and and Nevada was was completely and totally strict. Arizona, Texas, and Oklahoma, they didn't give a damn. (laughs) Well, the thing is, you know, like especially Las Vegas is like, look, the faster we get this over with, the faster we get to go back to doing what we do, which turned into a gigantic money machine, you know. Oh, you had people that were were originally entertainers and and were, were, you know, Jack blackjack dealers and and would would make money mm-hmm. at living their lives by the lives being lived by those that come to Vegas and when that all got shut down and they weren't able to pay their bills what were they supposed to do mm-hmm. but meanwhile in between while you got people running around here thought it was easy to just run like this business as usual and and that's re- that that threw me off enough with this pandemic because just people genuinely not giving a day. Cause that's what it came to at the end of the day. It's just, it's, it was just, it was an amazing thing to see. And I'm sitting there going, we need to end this as quickly as possible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, you know, you, you, cause like my the people that I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of comics as well. And, you know, it was people that was just like, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> you know, and I'm going, I, I know your pain. You know, I, you know, you think I want to stand up and tell, 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 drunks, uh, tell jokes to drunk people, too. Of course I do, you know. But it's like, it's like let's just end this as quickly as possible so we can all go back to normal. Because, you know, I, I mean, I'm, 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 you know how much you miss just normal stuff now? I've talked to comedians that actually took the entire year off. And when I say the entire year off, I mean, you know, even I did two shows before the shutdown. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I did a show in Tulsa and I did a show in Oklahoma City in February before the, the shutdown happened in March. So, yeah, I got to flex, you know, to some extent. I, I did shows in December and January. I was doing shows, you know, almost nonstop up to that point. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I was able to get some flex on, you know, before everything shut down and then even was able to flex during the pandemic. And, you know, I know people who actually sat that were forced to, to sit out because they, they weren't really, you know, they were getting their groove, but they, they hadn't really, you know, that they were getting some shows here and there and things like that. But uh, I, I hate that. A lot. I, I think that a lot of good comedians may have put themselves because of the pandemic on the shelves too soon, and I and I really hope that the pandemic hasn't discouraged too many that that were pretty damn decent, you know, mm-hmm. from from coming back just because of the fact, you know, that there's ways of being safe. You know, I got a whole bag of microphone condoms right now. Mm-hmm. Even when I get. Mm-hmm. 
don't care, you know. But but don't don't give up because and and let this pandemic take you out just because of that, you know. Because yes, it, it's taken out enough. Don't you know? To me, I think people always. My mom always say, "Don't block your blessings." I, I say all the time, you know. If you know you got that shine and 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 you got that gift, don't don't deny yourself from being able to run with that gift just because of uh, of of the, the the time, you know. And and like I said, I, I I mean, I was even hearing comedians in Vegas saying, you know, when we were out there, if you know, they're they're having to leave, they're they're having to go back to where they came from because they just aren't able to to manage being out there during that time. Yeah, that thing was that thing was like a bomb blowing up in front of them in, in the middle of a, you know, a, a, a China shop. It just boom, it just blew everything up. Yeah, shut everything down. There, there's people that don't really understand how much human loss, financial loss, you know, loss in general. Everybody lost the last year. Anybody think that they they if you ask me again, I'm willing to bet you lost somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't give a damn. Nobody won. Nobody won over the last year. Not a damn person, man. Not nobody. But the the pleasant thing is, very very soon, we'll be able to go back to some semblance of normal, and we'll be able to go back to speaking of us as performers, fully standing in front of drunk people and telling them funny stories. We need to talk about linking up and doing a show together, man. We need to we need to put that we need to put that in the in the in the ad and make that happen. Dude, you know, first of all, when it when it comes time, I'm when this is over, I'm going to be I'm going to be so everywhere. I'm going to be sitting at sitting across from you eating a burger and still doing shows in five other states at the same time. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's, uh, I'm I'm wanting that kind of momentum, and I got to, I mean, I got to lay out to get it done. Like I said, if I need, I can pull up and have myself a place to sleep, a place to eat, and a place to drink, and do whatever else I want to do for that matter. All I need to know is the destination. Shit. Damn right, my brother. I want to thank you. I had a blast talking to you, man. You know, I wanted to get you on earlier. You know, and I'm glad I got you on here now, man. This was this was cool as hell talking to you, man. Absolutely. The pleasure was mine as well, Chief. And like I said, you know, you've been doing it big for a long time, man. You know, I'm glad you didn't keep the podcast thing going. Uh, I will go ahead and drop a little tidbit on your show. We will be bringing another podcast in the coming months. Uh, it will be called The Boss Lounge. I have been working on some layouts and stuff for it and, and trying to get some things put together, but it's just... I got so much on my plate right now, dog. I got just, just every eye on the stove burning and a couple <laughs> of more plugs in on our side. So, man, it's just, you know, it, it's so much going on now, you know, but, but we, I'm, I'm going to go, I am going to lock it down. Uh, now that we kind of got a, a better understanding of some goals and stuff that we want to do here in the coming weeks and months, uh, I can say that the boss lounge will be the new podcast that will be coming out. Uh, I want to say this summer. I can't tell you the exact date, but uh, it will be this out this summer. That's good, and uh, I will check you out, my brother. And uh, you know, you know, if you start having guests on, I'm just saying, you know, what I'm saying, I mean, I'm just saying. Oh, already, <laughs> already, <you> already know. <laughs> All right, my yeah, brother. Yeah, uh, I'm actually gonna do guests this time. I promise. I'm not. I'm not just gonna hog the mic out to myself. Even though I know y'all love that shit, 
I ain't gonna hog the mic. I'm actually gonna do some guests who actually do a formatted show, not just you know me having a. a a breakdown of epic proportions of the weekly pages. <laughs> all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, I don't, you know, but the funny thing about it is that that's one of the things I notice is that how much people really, when somebody likes you, especially if you're a solo podcast, if it's just you talking by yourself to the audience, when they like you, they really like you. I was like, good God. Some of the email I was getting on the other pod uh, in the beginning when it got started, I was like, damn, I'm only like four episodes in and I'm getting, you know, hey man, I connect with you, bro. You're the man, you connect. I'm like, oh man, this is awesome. I only done like five but of yeah. them. <laughs> you know what I'm well, but, but any of my old podcast fans that I'm pretty sure some of them still follow you, I'm, I'm still running around here. Y'all can find me on YouTube. You can always Google the Boss of Comedy. I am the only exclusive copyrighted name of the Boss of Comedy. Anybody else seeing what that name is, a lion son of a bitch beat him up in the street. <laughs> that belongs to me. Okay? So y'all can always Google me at Boss of Comedy. I'm always on Facebook, Twitter. I'm always somewhere doing something. So check me out wherever you, you, you go searching for crazy shit. I'll be there. And for those of you listening to the podcast, and I know you're listening, this man is uh, S. Anthony Thomas approved, so you know you know what you need to do. Check him out, my brother. Thank you much, and I will, of course, continue to harass each other on Facebook. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, like I said, we need to look, 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 look. It's all linked up in the stars. You, me, Rambling Rob, Random Rob, and all of them. Yeah, man, we, this, this, we, we got some big things coming up. It's already written. I'm telling you now. All right. Yes, indeed. Yes, yeah, my boy too. By the way, I'm having him on a little later on. Joe, much love to you, my brother. You too, bro. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Keep doing it big. Hey, take care, my brother. All right. Aha, I told you that was going to be fun, didn't I? Uh Uh-huh. You're going to believe me from now on, aren't you? (laughs) Much love to you. I appreciate you listening. See you next time. Take care.